Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Congratulations, AJ. Ohio State is going to the College Football Playoff National Championship. I didn't. I didn't think you wanted me to respond to that. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that, man. It was I, Rob Paul, aka the guy who called the Clemson upset, and with me, as always, is AJ, Big Ten aficionado Marquez. Okay, you got me back there, buddy. I was about to go off about oh, yeah, wow, you picked your own team, impressive. But no, we're back. Uh, roll Big Ten, Big Ten forever. Today we'll break down our 2021 NFL draft superlatives from the second week of bowl games in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on on everything imaginable this season, from games present totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet online today. Use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Before we jump into bowl talk, we got a whole heap of declarations and a couple senior bowl invites. Uh, so I will read through, per usual, I will read through the uh, offensive declarations. AJ will pick out a name. And then I'll do defensive declarations, and AJ will pick out a name, and we'll do a little chatting. I want you to uh, pick the name that you think I'm going to pick, and then if we match up, we get points for ourselves. <coughs> okay. Okay. Deal. Uh, okay, offense. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, Buffalo running back Jared Patterson, Kansas running back Puka Williams, USC receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, Ole Miss receiver Elijah Moore, UNC receiver Diami Brown, Auburn receivers, Anthony Schwartz and Seth Williams. BYU receiver, Dax Milne. BYU offensive tackle, Brady Christensen. Cincinnati offensive tackle, James Hudson. USC offensive lineman, Elijah Barrett Tucker. Illinois offensive lineman, Kendrick Green. And Oklahoma offensive lineman, Adrian Ely and Creed Humphrey. Okay, now there's some pressure here. I don't know which one you think I'm going to pick. Uh... A lot of those were, were pretty chalky, so I'm not going to go chalky. Uh, I guess kind of, but like, uh, let's talk about Anthony Schwartz because um, I think we've been saying all – by the way, who who'd you think I was going to pick? Uh, I thought you were going to pick Dax Milne. <laughs> Fuck. We'll, we'll, we'll nail the defense. No, let's let's talk Schwartz. Uh, I, I, hey, we've been saying kind of all year that he's going to be a guy that's going to be way more productive as an NFL player than he was at Auburn. And uh, – Big part of the reason is because Bo Nix sucks and uh, his NFL quarterback's going to be better. And uh, seeing him at the combine is going to be absolutely huge for his stock because he might be the fastest player in all of college football. Um, so him running like, like I don't know, whatever the hell he's expected to run, blazing time, uh, is going to be huge. And I uh, I think it's going to be... 
I don't know. Like, I don't know where people are on him right now, or like how many people know his name. But I think we're lots of people are going to know his name by April. I would say most people know his name. He's a, a potential Olympian. Um, that's how fast he is. Okay, I couldn't name a single uh, player at the Olympics. So player. So yeah, say player, athlete, whatever it is. Uh, I think he'll be very much in top 100 consideration. Yeah. The only thing, obviously, working against him is how deep his receiver class is. I mean, just look at the guys I named. It's a Dax Mill, and all those guys are potential top 100 picks, I think. Um, for me, I think the most interesting might be uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, just because I think he, he's a potential first-round pick, mm-hmm. potential first-interior offensive lineman off the board. Um, had a great season at USC, and uh, there's not a ton of definite top 50 interior offensive linemen in this class, and I think he is potentially the only one. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Where, uh, quickly, where do you think Creed, uh, Creed Humphrey's stock is right now? I think he's like classic day two. Um, yeah. Safe bet, plug and play if you need a center. I don't think he's going to test very well, and that's obviously going to work against him. But hey, this is a, this is a little bit of a spoiler. He's going to the Senior Bowl, so that's a big chance for him to help himself. Definitely. Uh, let's switch to the D, baby. Okay, defensively, we got Iowa interior defensive lineman Davion Nixon, USC interior defensive lineman Marlon Tupolotu, Georgia edge Aziz Ojolari, Notre Dame linebacker. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, Michigan linebacker Cameron McGrone, Oklahoma corner Trey Norwood, USC corner Elijah Griffin, USC safety Talanoa Hafunga, TCU nickel Ardarius Washington, TCU safety Trevon Morig. That's a really good group of names. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was a little overwhelmed. Like, I, I kept, you kept reading through them like, okay, I'm going to pick that one. No way, I'm going to pick this one. No, I'm going to pick that one. No, that's a really, really good group of names. Uh, I don't know. Quickly. Uh, Trevon Morig is safety one. That's another guy. I, I think the the casual fans gonna keep hearing like finally figure out who he is. Uh, that's gonna be fun to track. Washington, we're both huge fans of. Uh, I, w- I want to see where he ends up. That's gonna be fun. Uh, but l- I'll, I'll stick to my uh, stick to my wheelhouse here and talk Cameron Growing because I was a little surprised. The lamest one. Oh, oh wow! You're such a jerk. No, it's a good. It's an interesting one. I mean. It's it is it, it's interesting, but he's not he's not amongst the greatness of the other names. I, I was I was surprised he came out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a what first round talk entering the season. Hand up, yeah. I, I watching his tape. Um, I I don't know maybe a month ago. Yep. And I thought he looked like a potential top fifty guy. Yeah, I, I did in the summer as well. And but yeah, I, I remember you talking about him in the summer. Yeah, but the whole time I, I kind of operated under the assumption that he wasn't going to be in this class. And yes, it was kind of looking ahead to twenty twenty two and thinking he could be the first linebacker off the board next year. So uh, kind of surprising, but I mean, hey, given all the the fucked upness of this year, um, maybe it shouldn't be. So, I, but his stock in this loaded linebacker class is going to be uh going to be really interesting to watch yeah and then i mean obviously here you you mentioned morig safety one um jocks potentially safety one i mean we haven't seen michael parsons in a while uh davion nixon's potentially the the top interior yeah. defensive lineman and aziz ojalari is potentially the top edge yeah i i ojalari is probably the one i was going to pick out but i, I figure we're, we're going to be more uh doing more oh, ojalari yeah, yeah, yeah exactly there you go uh, but, yeah, no, I'm super excited about um, both TCU safeties and, and Hafanga there, yeah. there, too. The, I think the safety class is not top-heavy but very deep. I totally agree. Okay, quickly, a couple more senior bowl acceptances. Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill, Cincinnati tackle James Hudson, Notre Dame guard Aaron Banks, Oklahoma offensive lineman Eileen Humphrey, Cal corner Cam Bynum, and LSU safety Jacoby Stevens. I don't know where to start. I I was a little surprised Ely came out. Going back to the the last segment there too, um, I remember there were, there was some hype of his in the summer, and I, I wasn't overly impressed with the tape. You see the tools there, and he's he's a big guy, but uh, big. yeah, he's very big. <laughs> and that's all the all the pieces are there, and I don't think he had a a bad ear or anything. Just watching live games, but uh, hey, a senior bowl could be really huge for for a guy like him. 
I think uh, same kind of you could almost say nearly word for word the same type of stuff about James Hudson too. The Cincinnati mm-hmm. tackle, who obviously, if I'll mention it now, was ejected <laughs> from yeah. the Peach Bowl and the kind of. I don't want to say that that alone was why the Bearcats lost, but it certainly it was, had was, a big impact. Yeah, it did. <laughs> with Ojolari abusing the big German left tackle. Yeah. But um, no, the the since the the or sorry the offensive linemen here are all interesting too. Like Aaron Banks had a great year at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but he's not maybe mentioned because of the other players around him. But Senior Bowl's only like two weeks away now, three weeks away. But we've confirmed the Eagles will be there. Maybe <laughs> Doug Peterson isn't fired. I, I yeah, I think it's supposed to be the Eagles and the Bengals. I think so. That's what I saw. And and uh, it's kind of well. Zach Taylor got the got the go ahead. You're you're here next year, buddy. Which uh, I'm still not sure what I think about Zach Taylor. So seeing him how he conducts himself and his practices at the Senior Bowl uh, gives us the true opportunity to see if I hate him or not. You hated Bill O'Brien's practices, <laughs> and look, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, you ready to talk some bowls? Yeah, let's bowl it up, baby. All right, let's let's hit it. Obviously, last show or last uh, college show, we went through the the first week of bowl games, and there was no Power Five games or teams in there. It was all G five talk. That was a lot of Power Five talk. Uh, AJ, I'm assuming you have like a list of fifty freshmen. Uh, so try and focus. <laughs> try try and just pick one, okay? One, just one. We have so much to get to okay. today. I'm trying to keep sophomore in. Fr- you can name a bunch, but focus on talking about one. So give me your, your one. If you could hit one, who? Okay, my, my list was seven, and I kept that even short. Uh, I, I think I know who you're going to pick. So I, I'm going to talk st- sticking the stakes, I'm guessing. How about Defo- uh, Devon Ashane? I can never say his name. The A&M running back who uh, Spiller got banged up. He came in, and he, he lit up UNC, and he's, he's uh, what, 5'9", 185, so on the, on the smaller side. But uh, I believe – I think it was his last game against Auburn where I had him here as well, and he, he was really, really impressive with that juice and 140 yards on 12 carries and two touchdowns. I uh, was doing a bit in the passing game too. That A&M <laughs> running attack and running back group next year is going to be absolutely terrifying. He also runs a lot – Bigger than he is. Yeah, he does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's just let's just do Texas running back yeah. talks then. So from him, we, we go to Bijan Robinson, who a guy I've been waiting forever to have this his like breakout moment. He was five star running back. He was the guy. If you talk to any of the the people really plugged in on recruiting, that's the kid they would have pointed to to be the instant impact player. Took some time in Texas, maybe because of lack of opportunity. Didn't even get a massive opportunity against Colorado. No. But he cashed in with every touch. Um, ended up with 12 touches, 220 yards, three touchdowns. Basically, all of Twitter was making fun of Tom Herman because he wasn't giving Robinson <laughs> more touches because it felt like every yeah. time he touched it, it was a big, big play. He looks like he's already built like an NFL running back. He's so twitched up, too. And he was impactful in the passing game. He's the I think the next great Texas running back and like that sounds hyperbolic but like he he was he's been unbelievable when given opportunities this year he just never consistently got them now Tom Herman's gone Steve Sarkeesian's in who knows if that'll work out but one thing I do know is Steve Sarkeesian has had uh, a, a pretty good um, understanding of how to use Najee Harris at Alabama so yeah I'm expecting Bijan Robinson to be the bell cow and uh, he was just I mean, Colorado didn't stand a chance with the way he was running. Uh, no, no. He, he, and hey, I think it was Ricky Williams that said he's the next Ricky Williams or better than Ricky Williams. Whatever Ricky said, I, I think he also broke the yards per carry record at Texas. That's kind of nuts. See, yeah. uh, Her- Herman knew what he was doing. He was making sure he broke that record. Correct. <laughs> it was like eight point two or something. It's crazy. Um. Okay, you want to just name a couple other guys you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah, okay, okay. I had a lot of Big 12 guys or Big 12 area guys. Uh, I thought the Oklahoma um, running back Marcus Major was pretty impressive, and he's another guy well-built at 5'11", 224. Uh, Jerome Ford with that big breakout. I also was a running back for Cincy. Uh, Tony Grimes, the UNC corner, is going to be a fucking dude. Uh, Brandon yes. Presley, the Oklahoma State receiver, came out of yes. nowhere. He's a little guy, but it was a monster. 
that's pretty much it. Uh, and I get a couple more. Alfred Collins, the defensive yep. lineman for Texas, who had the big pick. It was awesome. We were talking about how unbelievable an athlete he is. The Texas had a bunch of young guys playing because they had so many opt-outs. And, uh, I mean, they, the, they've recruited well, and it, it shows. Like, Alfred Collins and, and B. John Robinson look like they're going to be dudes. Um, Mississippi State's receiver, uh, Leatric Griffin. The who return guy. Only caught, yeah, the big kick return after big kick return. Yeah. Uh, and then he caught a touchdown, and I'm I'm uh, I'm all in on him. And then Spencer Rattler, of course. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Um, all guys, I, I would have been on my longer list. <laughs> Jumping to best sophomore, pivoting off that Texas talk. Obviously, Sam Ellinger gets hurt uh, against Colorado. This Casey Thompson kid comes in. <laughs> And it's just unbelievable. Instantly goes eight of ten, 170 yards, four touchdowns. Um, unfazed by the moment. I mean, it was not like it was the biggest bowl game in the world, and not like Colorado's the greatest team in the world. But he he was ripping deep balls and just he just, he he looked legit. Yeah, that that one throw where it was on a crossing route, he was on the left hash, threw it all the way back across the field and placed it perfectly. That was nuts. He, he, yeah, watching him, I mean, hopefully starting next year against, I mean, I got to assume so, against Rattler in the in the Red River showdown, that's going to be fucking nuts. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, George Pickens has yeah. been on my best sophomore list every week since JT Daniels came in. Had 135 yards of touchdown. Certain actually kind of look like he could be their A.J. Green. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how much better you just got it. Well, not even better. I, I mean, just the the production shot up since Daniels came in, and I mean, it's probably because Daniels is actually a pretty good quarterback, and everything before him wasn't. So, um, you know what? I'll, I'll stick in the Red River. Uh, I know he's eligible for the draft. But I put Nick Benito for Oklahoma, who, who yeah didn't have a monster stat line, three tackles and a sack, but uh, him and his teammate Ronnie Perkins who I'll mention later were kind of just uh, outstanding against Florida I know they they mocked him but uh, Benito, Benito was really really impactful and uh, him and Perkins are just monstrous and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he comes out as a richer sophomore um, and then uh, I've got kind of a more under the radar one Kentucky running back Chris Rodriguez, who had 84 yards and two touchdowns, but just looked like the next Benny Snell, so I had to put down his name. <laughs> He's wearing 24 as well, but running hard as hell uh, as a compliment to Rose. And um, that, I mean, the, the rushing attacks, why they, they ended up beating NC State. I'll, I'll throw a couple quick ones, high-key high ones. Spencer Sanders had maybe his best game of the year for Oklahoma State. That's, that's fun going to next year. Uh, Aeneas Smith wasn't a monster again, and yes. uh, you, you you shot the tweet off, and the whole Twitter community said, "Yeah, that's why I said too, that he's he's next year's Kadarius Tony." And uh, Brees Hall was Brees Hall and carried the Iowa State team again. Although Purdy was, I mean, not statistically great, but wasn't bad. I thought that that was one of like the better Brock Purdy games I've seen. I totally agree. He did a good job. That's great going into uh, his senior year. When if hey, Matt Campbell turns down the Jets job. Watch out, Iowa State's coming for the national championship. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's move into it then. Uh, weekday Warrior, obviously, most of these games are on the weekday, so I just kind of th- used Weekday Warrior as a spot to throw some guys that didn't fit anywhere else. Um, I'll start with Brevin Jordan, who had eight catches, 96 yards, and two touchdowns against Oklahoma State. Had a big-time drop, and he owned that on Twitter after, and he kind of made it sound like he's not going to declare, yeah. almost. Yeah. Which was kind of shocking uh, because I think he's pretty k- much consensus tight end three right now. Um, obviously, Derek King went down with the knee injury early. Nikosi Perry came in, and Jordan was... I mean, the receivers are so goddamn bad. Yeah, for sure. And so, Brevin Jordan had to kind of carry that passing attack with Will Mallory complimenting him, but... Uh, just such a mismatch with his athleticism and his size. And outside of that drop, his hands look great. Um, I put him here too. And like after the catch, he was studly. He was like dragging defenders multiple times. You know, like just getting the him. tough. Yeah, yeah, I. It's a warrior. Yeah, I've always liked him. And this one was this was maybe my favorite Brevin Jordan game of the year. Hand up! I thought I I didn't realize he was going to play in the game. I thought he. I just assumed he was opting out of the game, and then. Turn it on, there he was, and yeah, he uh, 
he, he's a top 100 pick if he declares. I just, 100%. It, he definitely didn't make it sound like he was. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, who else did you put? Uh, how about Mississippi State linebacker Errol Thompson, yeah. who was all over the field in the upset of Tulsa? Uh, he had a sack, nine tackles. He he was just blowing shit up in front of him. Um, I thought he looked like sideline to sideline type player and just playing with his hair on fire. Big time. Potential yeah. day three linebacker. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, I put I, I wanted to go to like a true middle of the week. <laughs> I mentioned those two guys later, but uh, I put I put Ramondre Stevenson here because hey, he played on a Wednesday and that's the most weekday. That no, that's that's very true. <laughs> he had what 186 yards on 18 carries. Yeah, I I I had him for shooting up the board, yeah. and we, we were talking about it during the game. I I kind of was like, I think he'll go back for his senior year, and you were saying how you, you heard that. Like, he, he's a potential top 100 pick if he declares. Yeah, I mean, in this group, that's not shocking. And, like, I could definitely see him being one of the first day uh, day three backs off the board, if not the first. Well, like, I feel like every week I read through my running back rankings on the show for some reason. Um, but, I mean, I think like, the consensus top four, Etienne, Najee Harris, the two North Carolina backs, I, I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be kind of more pol- polarizing. Trey Sermon has entered this this chat, but yep. like Stevenson's right there with Sermon in terms of coming out of nowhere and just being so, like a bell cow and just running. Both of them have been such monsters and just so physical and but and not even like only inside running like the chunk run after chunk run yeah. and hidden home runs and. Yeah, no. Stevenson has been a joy to watch. You know what, though, too? Like, so if you guys don't know, he's six foot 246. That they, they, like, estimated. I, I guess he's between 240 and 250. But at that size, he's, he's so smooth for that size. And he's like, he's a really patient guy. And he's got he's got soft, nimble feet for, for 245. Catches the ball well, too. Yeah. And like, and like, he's got the juice to beat angles. Like you said, there's chunk runs. I don't know if it's going to be 70 yard runs, but who cares when he's getting, you know, 40 yard runs, whatever. And then we saw in this game too. He's got phone booth quicks too, and he can make you miss. And uh, I, he looks pretty fantastic. He he had the fumble, but it was kind of just a bad luck where he he went down and the ball hit a guy's knee as he was getting tackled. So, so not not security issue for there. But no, he he looks he was he was a monster. He's gonna be a Seahawk. Admit it. Hey, I'd be happy with it. I I love that. I love how many yeah, bigger backs there are in this this class. Well, it's uh, no, it's interesting. Like. Yeah, well, he he is much bigger than anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Like but, just in terms of girth. Yes. But uh, yeah, like obviously Najee Harris is a big guy. Javante Williams, Trey Sermon. Uh, it's uh it's a, I think it's a really fun running back class. But yeah, just coming back to the, to it, there's only like maybe four guys who fit the classical RB one bell cow kind of definition. He is that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, okay, I got one more because I had to fit a fullback in somewhere, and we did Warrior felt like the best place to put a fullback. How about Mason Stokey, the fullback for Wisconsin? Yeah. He had a 14-yard touchdown catch against Wake, but he's such a mammoth of a run blocker, and, I mean, Wisconsin churns at NFL-level fullbacks, and he looks like the next one. Ben Mason and Mason Stokey is going to be the, the, the battle, baby. Ooh, sleeping on uh, Carter from uh, LSU. Oh, what a what a fullback war! This is, you know, we should scrap all of our other content and just focus on this fullback class. In my opinion, it's basically what uh, the low man trophy with part of my take is. But okay, well they Still talk about content. other stuff. But yeah, <laughs> uh, do you have anybody else for weekday warrior? No, let's let's jump to the best prospects. Is it okay? Let's the usual suspects are like Devonta Smith and Najee Harris. They're both here. They're always both here. Yeah, they're both here, but they they weren't my top guy. Uh, do, you, uh, do you want to talk about them, or do you want to just say, hey, they're yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, I'll just, just quickly. Smith had 130 yards, three touchdowns. The Heisman ceremony is tomorrow as we record on Monday. He should win it. If yep. he doesn't, I don't know what's going on. College football sucks if he doesn't win. That's, that's my take. He was, once again, uncoverable against Notre Dame. I feel bad because, yeah, no, they kept bringing up on the broadcast, too. The, the weakest part of the Notre Dame defense was their corners, and he was just abusing them. And and it was for Najee Harris. It wasn't even like one of his best games. It was just so easy. It just seemed so easy for everybody on Alabama's offense. Yeah, that that score was a lot closer than it actually was. And uh, 
I mean, the hurdle went around the world. Uh, and you, there was a lot of uh, talk on Twitter during the game, what Devonta Smith runs. You want to throw your hat into the, the ring there? 4-4-8. Four, four, okay, I, I think he's going to go, like, 4-4-5 four, four, square. But I think he, like, man, the, the burst he was showing after the catch and just killing yeah. angles in this game was is incredible. I, I think he's just a guy that's going to play faster than he runs. Because I'm i pretty well, sure he was timed in the summer at 4-4-8, four, four, right? That... Something like that. that yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the big question now with him is his breakout age. Oh, my God. And, and his lack of size is the real question. Because receivers, sub-180 receivers don't really exist in the NFL. And he is so real thin. So, I guess that's kind of like the big thing everyone's talking about with him in terms of draft mm-hmm. stock now. Uh, well, personally, I can't wait to see him and Jamar Chase next to each other at the Combine. It's just been so long since we've seen Jamar Chase. Off the top of your head, do you know his uh, Dominator rating? A thousand. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't, no, I've, no, I don't even know what it is. Um, yeah, and, and neither of us are anti-analytics, but sometimes you got to... Um, I mean, not sometimes. All the time you got to marry analytics and film, so uh, don't be idiots. Anyone. Well, well said, AJ. Oh, okay. For, for, I think... For me, there was clearly one best offensive prospect and one best defensive prospect this week. Um, Justin Fields, obviously, being the best offensive prospect, threw for 385, six touchdowns uh, in the upset of Clemson. Maybe playing with broken ribs. Ohio State has not really made it clear what happened. Yeah, that's weird. But uh, that aside, gutsy gutsy as fuck, man. Like, like. I, like that, that first touch because the first play he came back after the the hit was the touchdown to Alave, if I remember correctly, yes. and the throw was a little wobbly, but it was on point. So I'm like, I'm like okay, what's this gonna really look like? I figured they're just gonna lean on Sermon, and then uh, then it was halftime, and then he came back and he fucking just kept lit, lighting it up and making some of the best throws of his season. You know, like the rocket yeah. throw that was that was maybe his best throw of the touchdown. Um, I don't. Okay, and maybe not the point to talk about it, but it's kind of kind of annoys me that last week it was Zach Wilson's QB two locked, and now this week it's Justin Fields' QB two and might be the first pick. Like that stuff's so annoying. That's like it pisses me off. But anyways, Fields Fields was just so so goddamn good, and like he he was doing it in different ways too, which I yeah. think was a, a big positive um, to take away from it. You mentioned coming back after the initial. Uh, the initial hit from James Skalski, which by rule was targeting. Yep, it was. Um, not, whether we agree with uh, tar- targeting is a whole podcast in itself. We'll save that for the offseason. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but um, that 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 went to Olave. Yeah, it was like kind of just in in on the move, corner in the end zone, dying. Um, but he also the other one to Olave, deep ball. He mm-hmm. had the deep ball to Jamison Williams. Both of those were. Bread basket throws. Yep. Um, they had the, the, the tight end leak play to Jeremy Rucker. Then they had the other one to Jeremy Rucker. And then they had the one to Luke Farrell where I still don't know how he fit it, fit it past the defender. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It was Farrell. I get, I get Rucker and Farrell mixed up, especially when they're both yeah. performing. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're essentially the same person. <laughs> yeah. Farrell's just, I guess, a better blocker. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. And then he did throw the pick, but, you know, his arm got hit, and he, I think he was throwing it away because, like... He was. That's what I think, too. Yeah, Miles Murphy got a piece of his arm. He was trying to launch it at the back of the end zone. He, he had to have been, yeah, because there was three yeah. defenders with one receiver there. I think it was just Olave. So I, I've, <laughs> there's no way that's where he was actually trying to throw the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's safe to assume that. Um, d- definitely the best prospect overall this week. Who, I, he, he had to have this game. I think, yeah. overall, this is the best game he had. Yep. In his Ohio or in his college career, um, especially given who he was doing it against in, in the moment, and he was coming off that Northwestern game where in the Big Ten Championship where they just ravaged him. He had the probably that and Indiana game are the two worst games of his career. Um, I don't like the the Fields Wilson debate that we won't know the answer to that for a little while still. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Um, but I, I do think like fields had to have this type of game Mm -hmm. to kind of shush. Like if he, if he came off that Northwestern game and then had like a mediocre or worse game and then declared like that would have worked so much against him. Those would be the games everyone's pointing to this, the exact game he needed to solidify himself as that top five pick, top three pick, whatever he ends up going. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, 
Uh, last week, I, we were both staying kind of pumped to the brakes because Justin Fields gets another shot. And I didn't think it was going to be this spectacular, but I, I, I felt like he was going to come out and ball, man. It, it just, it just, I don't know. It just all felt like it was building to him because, especially like I'm sure he saw the talk that like maybe not Zach Wilson specifically, but you know the the talk of him not performing and that being not great against Northwestern. And it's, he just, it's, it, the the yeah. big debate just uh, at, at, for quarterbacks after Lawrence is. Zach Wilson did it against way less comp- lesser competition. Justin Fields' two worst games came against his best defensive competition yep. uh, outside of Clemson. But it, the Clemson game is once again clear. He, like he he's got all the physical tools. For some reason, people are questioning his arm strength yeah, too, which I, like came into left field. Yeah. Um, but to me, I also absolutely love Justin Fields' demeanor. He just seems so poised and serious all the time uh, which I think is a good thing with uh, a franchise quarterback no offense Baker Mayfield um, but uh, I don't know Wh- whatever we're rich with quarterbacks we should just be happy we've got four really good quarterback prospects opposed to a year where like we'd have to be talking about what if these four weren't here we're just Mac Jones Kyle Trask and that was a conversation <laughs> like that would suck yeah, would so suck. let's just let's just instead of crying about who's QB2 let's just be happy like because all four of them are going to be in people's top 30s or whatever so everyone likes all four of them who cares what your order is just be happy we've got good quarterbacks to evaluate uh absolutely Rob and and really the most important thing is where they land and uh that's still open, and that's going to be the fun part. Just, I don't want Justin Fields to be stuck with the Jets. That's that's all I want, is not there. <laughs> well, if they get the right coach in, and uh, I guess, I don't know. I don't blame you, though. I, I wouldn't want him to be stuck there either if I were you. Uh, okay, I, I mentioned a defensive prospect, too. Yeah, I'm Aziz curious. Aziz Ojolari has yes. to be here. Yeah, uh, definitely. I had him like, as my top shooting up the board, so I'm the same boat here with you. Three sacks against Cincinnati. He absolutely took over, including a sack at the end of the game to just to, to end it. Um, they couldn't block him. And he's been one of the biggest risers this entire season. Yep. Uh, just a dom- dominant speed rusher who's kind of begun to unlock the hands more and more. He's a little undersized. He's listed at 6'3", 240. But he's such a freaky, obviously freaky athlete. Um, like it's trending more and more towards he's going to end up the consensus number one edge because he got kept getting better throughout this season. He's also so young. Yeah. Um, like I mean, if Cody Pay actually runs like a four, a four uh, three cone, like a, <laughs> whenever they said it was, yeah, maybe he goes ahead of him. But I, I he like Cincinnati couldn't stop him. His, his flexibility, his get off, his. Again, he's starting to unlock the hands. You're seeing him use this swipe. Yeah. Um, he he's really really fun to watch. Definitely, and you you hit it all there. Like the he, the fourth quarter, he just absolutely took it over. And when uh when Hudson went out and Mets came in, he, he just sent him back to the Schnitzel factory. There's he had no chance. And like, did I, you like, write that down? That was good. I did. <laughs> Fuck, I should have admitted it. Um, <laughs> and like you said, been one of the biggest risers, but like. And I, he's gonna keep skyrocketing, and um, I yeah, like, I think I think he's like right now. I think he's gonna be edge one, and uh, yeah, it's it's between him and Pay, and like you said, it kind of just comes down to Pay's combine. Like, would you be shocked if Aziz Ojolari's a top ten pick? No, uh, no, especially because no, really? I'm we're assuming he's gonna kill it at the combine. Yeah, no, that's also a, a given too. Yeah, exactly. It's a really again. It's a really cool edge class too. I I mean I think we both love Quiddy Pay. Um, I really like Joseph Asai too. Mm-hmm. And, and like fuck Gregory Rousseau. People forgot he existed, but <laughs> ten months ago he was the number one pick of the draft. Uh, like I could definitely see where the Lions picking eight or nine. I could definitely see them depending uh, on the on the staff there. But like they they could I could definitely see them pull the trigger on someone like Oshilari. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Okay. Um, moving to shooting up the board, we already hit uh, Ramondre Stevenson for me. We kind of talked about Trey Sermon, really, but uh, I'll just quickly say yeah. 35 touches, 254 total yards, and a touchdown against Clemson. He's been a different back over the last three games for them, especially over the last two. He looks like that guy who can be just a 
like he was running so angry yeah, down man. the stretch. Plus, he he went viral with the smiling kind of meme <laughs> when he looked at the camera. That was sick. But um, like two weeks ago, or after the sorry after the Big Ten championship, it was like this guy is going to probably be the first back off the board on day three. Mm-hmm. He might go day two if he keeps it up. He's on that Zeke Elliott Ohio State playoff <laughs> run type dominance right now. Yeah, like I, him and like Hafanga, I think, have been the most dominant giraffe prospect, like uh, in terms of raising their – and Ojolari, I guess, over the last two, three games, whatever it's been for, for those guys. Um, yeah, I, I, right now, if you ask me, he's going day two. And he, like you said, he's just so running so damn hard and angry and – Dropping his shoulder and he's falling forward on every single carry. Catching and the ball well too. Catching the ball well and, and which is not something he would previously done much of. Yeah, that's a good point. And and just the contact balance always popping out. He's never yes. going down first contact. Uh yeah, I think he's going day two. Yeah, and uh, Steve, Steve Stevenson and Sermon. Do they if 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 Stevenson declares? Do Stevenson and Sermon both go above Chuba Hubbard? Yeah, I think so right now. But that's that's me. I mean, I know. We, we could see Chuba going, like, I can see the NFL going back to his uh, tape from last year and looking at that. Right I now, though, I, I think, uh, yeah, I know. Right now, I think Sermon and Stevenson are, are above him. Yes, agreed. Um, I also put Chris Olave and Cornell Powell. Obviously, same game, receivers, opposite sides. Uh, Olave had um, the first touchdown, which you mentioned, and the deep touchdown, too. He's just always open. Like, he's probably going to run, like, a 4 five, five, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. He's always open. He'll probably not go in the first round, but it doesn't matter. He's going to be an instant contributor. I He reminds me so much of Robert Woods, and just he does all these subtle things really yeah. well, especially, like, in particular with his route running. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's violent at the catch point. He can win 50-50 balls. He he can he can win deep because he's just such a he's so fast through his route. Maybe yep. he's not straight line forty yard dash fast, but he's fast through route. I love Chris Olave. No, he he was he was an absolute stud. And like yeah, it was just the, he like it was both like he was kicking ass running routes. You know the the short and intermediate stuff. And like you said, winning over the top. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what he's gonna run. And I'm gra- I'm glad you brought up the the Robert Woods comp because I was gonna ask you if you had a had a comp you really liked, and uh, I, I like that. Thank you. I'm a genius. Cornell Cornell Powell, man. The more and more I see of him, the more I like him, and it's gonna be fun game at the Senior Bowl. And like he had that one play where he yes. he goofed uh, Sean, uh, Wade. Sean Wade, yes. and then then <laughs> toss him to the ground. That, I love that whole that play was one of my like. Although I I obviously am an Ohio State fan. That was one of my favorite plays of the season. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that... Just his suddenness on that play and his yeah. physicality against Sean Wade, who's known for his physicality, and he just killed him and then obviously scored a touchdown. He's come out of nowhere. and he, Again, he was a big recruit. Like This mm-hmm. was who he's supposed to be, and it's happening now. And I would not be surprised if he ends up at the Senior Bowl and does more for himself than like any other receiver there. And it's a good good group of receivers but no that's a good point you know something like something else i noticed that uh, i didn't really see anyone else mention is uh one one play it, this had nothing to do with football but the ref threw it to the sideline like after the play and powell like, jumped to, to try to bat it down like jokingly which i don't know just made me like endear myself even more to him and with that combined with beating up on sean wade uh and just falling for the guy he's gonna replace david moore as the seahawks third receiver <laughs> okay don't get me too excited here you're pumping, you're pumping me up too much today. I know I'm, I'm team AJ today. <laughs> um, to the other playoff game, I also put Christian Barmore down, who I thought quietly had a really, really good game against yep. Notre Dame. Obviously, had that sack. Um, the interior defensive line class, as we've mentioned plenty of times, not that great. But he's the one who did he have the absolute dominant Quinn and Williams season that some thought he could? No. But he definitely was, ex- like he was. I think he ended up third team All American. Like he quietly was really good yeah. for Alabama. Uh, I I just think some of the media attention just obviously went to the offense instead of to anyone on that defense. Um, he was disruptive as hell. He's a freaky athlete. He's got so much length. Like it, him and Davion Nixon are, I think, gonna end up the 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 two dudes. Uh, people are most excited about in this interior d-line class yeah i agree and and you mentioned he didn't have the quinn and williams season 
And before the, the SEC Championship game, we, we mentioned that maybe he has the Durant Payne stretch to end a season that, like Payne did. And mm. it, it's not quite there, but he, it, it's, it's, it's like that. And if he has another great game against Ohio State uh, with two potential day two slash round one guys in the middle there, um, that, that could be huge. I, I definitely think mm-hmm. it's going to be him, him and Nixon. And I, I, what, I, both of them might end up being first-round picks, even though we, we thought we'd get zero out of this IDL class. But the way both of those guys are trending up, um, it, it's definitely possible. Have you have you watched any of Nixon yet? I haven't, and I, d- I haven't really watched too much Iowa games. So it, it's basically just me seeing uh, clips on Twitter and and the hype of him. You, you're not watching Iowa games. What's wrong with you? I don't I don't like them like I used to for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, I I dug into him a, a bit. Um, you can see you can see why people are so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of leave it at that. Really impressive athlete. Uh. We hit most of my big ones in this category or, or earlier. I threw uh, two two lesser ones down. Yeah, me too. Okay, you go ahead first. The Northwestern duo of John Rain, your guy, yeah, and uh, on defense, Patty Fisher. Mm-hmm. Those two, I felt like the catalyst of kind of just beating up on Auburn. Um, Rain was the go-to guy on offense. Yeah. I, I, I think. Like when we watched Harrison Bryant last year, we talked about uh, John Rain flashing a little bit, and I, I think he's gonna be a really interesting late day three type of H back, fullback type player. Yeah, he he was like the go to guy on offense. He had that one really bad drop. I think it was on a fourth down conversion. Yeah. Uh, but but regardless, he ran. They they lined about wide. He ran a, a nice route. It got open quick against an SEC corner. And so, like, just that fact is impressive, and I know he dropped it, but uh, what do you have, like, seven catches, almost 100 yards, and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah. all, all that combined is great. Uh, to stick at tight end, I put uh, I put Charlie Kohler. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't let me wax poetic about my boy Patty. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mike Hankwitz, their defensive coordinator, <laughs> last game. Man has coached 51 years in college wow. football. Has been a part of That was his 400th win. Uh, and, and I, I think it, it was just perfect that it was Northwestern's defense beating up on an SEC offense. <laughs> I don't care about the circumstances around Auburn this year. Also, fuck that broadcast for spending 45 minutes just interviewing Brian Harson in the middle of the game. That wasn't enjoyable at all. It was the Brian Harson introductory uh, press conference, man. What's wrong? <laughs> That's what it felt like. Uh, but Patty Fisher everywhere, annihilating people. You, the, I mean, I love Patty Fisher. He's got the size. He's got the instincts. <laughs> he's a tackling machine. He's going to go on day three, and he's going to play in the NFL for a long time. And then he's going to actually not play in the NFL and go undrafted and become Northwestern's head coach. That's, that's, that's even better. Um, I'll go with the tight end linebacker duo, but not from the same school. So I mentioned Charlie Kohler, who had another really good game, and he kind of came on down the stretch and um, – I don't know. I don't want to say he got forgotten in the tight end class, but he, he reignited his his stock here, and he had what five catches, fifty three yards, a touchdown. Looks really good, and like you said, it was probably Purdy's best game of the year, and uh, that, that's that's big for them. And on defense, uh, he's old school as hell, but Buddy Johnson is really good, man. Like he's, I love Buddy Johnson. I, I know he looks like he's he's. What, I think he's listed like what six two two forty or something like that, and. He he looks like a fridge with the with the neck roll and everything. He had ten tackles, a sack, ten FTFL. He's all over the field for AM. I think Tampa Trace said it on Twitter was he's got the best um a linebacker aesthetic in college football, and it's so true. Wearing the one in those Tamu old school jerseys, the neck roll looked awesome. And just the way he's built. I know, I love Buddy Johnson. I know, and he's actually good. Yeah, I like I, a day three guy, but uh, and I don't know how much he's gonna get on the field, but rundowns. He, that's sick. He was all over the field. He was great. Wait, are you willing to com- comp him to Brandon Spikes? Yeah, I'm willing to comp him to Brandon Spikes. There you go. Remember the the old thing about Brandon Spikes, like for like his entire career was if this guy played in the 1970s, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was like Brandon Spikes anyway. I love Brandon Spikes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay. Speaking yeah. of Brandon Spikes, sliding down the board, number one, I'm assuming for both of us, Kyle Trask, Florida's <laughs> quarterback. Great transition. Yeah, correct. Thanks. Uh, he was terrible against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. He was without Kadarius Tony. He was out without Kyle Pitts. He was without Trevon Grimes. And kind of the knock on him all season had been 
how much of this is him and how much of it is the elite playmakers. Like Kyle Pitts is a potential top 10 pick. Um, Kadarius Tony's potential first round pick. Trevon Grimes will be drafted in all th- three of them it would either be like tony doing insane yak things yeah. or being wide open on a deep throw or trevon grimes 50 50 ball or kyle pitts just being an alien and he doesn't have that he throws three interceptions on the first quarter immediately they're like out of the cotton bowl and spends the rest of the game in like a timeshare quarterback spot yeah, I don't. Okay, on the on the field, terrible for him. It's like the what second throw of the game, he threw the pick six to Norwood, um, yeah. and and the, what the second pick, it was off the wide receiver's hands, but it was behind him. Yeah. So it's like it's and it was high too. So, so it's like, yeah, you can maybe chalk it to the receiver, but it was a bad throw too. And then the interception in the end zone, um, yes. where he, I think, I think he got his arm hit, but still, like the guy was in his face. He was coming. He didn't move himself in the pocket, which is an issue for Kyle Trask. He yes. took it, uh, and if he di- if, whether he did or didn't get his arm hit, he didn't move. And uh, um, yeah, and then the throw was was still bad. It was I, I guess it was going to be a jump ball in the end zone, um, which again, no receivers there, so they're not. Austin Zipperer wasn't going to fucking make a big play. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, man. It was brutal. Um, also, like I don't know, just just watching. I don't know. Like he, he makes the okay throws and the chain moving and, uh, but like he also like I don't know. Sometimes his arm just looked like a dud. Like there was some weird like change up throws. He's Mason Rudolph, it's so okay. spot on. Mason was good yesterday. So uh, yeah, okay, a good stretch. <laughs> he actually he he Mason Rudolph looked like Kyle Trask yesterday. He was just throwing balls up and like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson were making amazing plays. <laughs> No, yeah, the, the, I, I forget who the first person to say the Rudolph thing, but it, it felt like it was like a a global uh, click. Like when people invented the wheel, everyone figured it out across the globe at once. It was yes. like, yeah, this is Mason Rudolph. <laughs> um, oh, okay, I'll go two corners from the same game. Yeah, those were the next Sean, two Sh- Sean Wade, who we talked about, Cornell palleted to him, uh, and Dirion Kendrick, who... Part of it was poor safety play, but yeah. part of it, like Chris Olave, was just flat out beating him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Let's let's start with Wade. So, um, I mean, we talked about it already, but like you mentioned, you mentioned like when you said he, he's known for being physical, but all this season, I've only seen him get out physical. This was another uh, comparison to that, and, and maybe maybe it's just he's not a balanced guy. Maybe he just doesn't play with that, good balance. He that's what it looked like in this game. I yeah. thought he also like I thought he played pretty well in the first half, and yeah. then he was horrible in the second half. Yeah, it was pretty much, and they they, they won, so it doesn't matter. But uh, this this game <laughs> coming up against Bama, this is going to be huge for him. Um, definitely definitely a big slider, and he's been a slider all year. Um, yeah. Kendrick Kendrick, uh, let me let me start on Kendrick. Um, I never really clicked in on him, and I know people did. It was like I had so many weeks where I wanted to put him as my overhyped guy, and I kind of didn't because he had a couple flashy plays, and and then it was okay, this. Yeah, I disagree. He's like the first Clemson corner I've really liked. See, I, I haven't I haven't clicked in there yet. And I, I know he he just switched positions, and it's kind of all, uh, you know, he's, he's learning on the fly. But I don't know. I I'm still not there with him. We'll see. We'll see when I really dig into to the corner tape after like combine whatever. But yeah, like like I don't know, like the, he had the one where uh, where Wilson like just hit that second gear and flew by him, and then what? Oh, the the Rucker touchdown. He was in terrible position and couldn't get back inside. Yeah. Um, that was terrible. No, the, you mean the Farrell touchdown? Yeah, sorry. I see. I mixed them all up. God damn it. Um, <laughs> there was there was. I'm pretty sure this was Ruckert. Might have been Farrell. Who knows? He just had a catch to get him in the red zone, and he just. Um, I forget which play it was exactly, but he had zero effort trying to make the tackle. And then, like you said, he got burned by Olave, and he almost made the play, and the safeties weren't there, but it was just just not. This was a really, really bad game. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, it happened to AJ Terrell last year where he had the bad playoff run and yeah. still went in the first round. Yeah, uh, that's true. And, I, I mean, I saw a lot of that, those, you know, oh, Kendrick's good, and let's not do this with like we did with Terrell. Uh, I think this this was I guess I shouldn't shouldn't say it's a little it's worse because Terrell was pretty bad but it's just I, I've never been there on him so maybe I think it's worse. Um, and moving to tackle, first of all, James Hudson I had to put down because you got ejected for targeting. And <laughs> yeah, the, it was the catalyst for Georgia winning the Peach Bowl. 
but Jackson Carmen I put down yep. too because just too. the Clemson offensive line in general was dominated Terrible. by the Ohio State front, and he's kind of like the one prospect up front for them, and he could not handle Jonathan Cooper. And, and the thing is, Ohio State was without Zach Harrison, who's yep. like the next first round edge in two years, and they were without Tyler Friday, but it didn't matter because yeah, Jonathan Cooper, Tommy Togai, Haskell Garrett. Um, they just and uh, um, oh, Tyreek Smith, Tyreek Smith, yeah, all, all four of them just had phenomenal games against this offensive line. And like Jackson Carmen just didn't look like he had the footwork or the athleticism to, to keep up. Uh, definitely, he, he needs more seasoning. Um, yeah, the Clemson, those, those are my, my big ones. Um, I, I want I wonder, I, I didn't really want to put him, but what do you think of ETN's performance while we're on Clemson? Well, he was so impactful early in the passing game, and then yeah. they just kind of got away from that. And um, he, it was, I don't know, I don't blame him. Cause it Me was, neither. I thought it was more of the offensive line than anything. Yeah, I agree. And, like, like I, like, I didn't put Lawrence anywhere, but, like, it wasn't even a bad game from him either. The play calling was so so garbage with Elliott, and, like you said, the offensive line just so, so, so bad. And it's just, uh, but I, I do think he, he may have been jumped by Travis Etienne. Uh, pfft, wow, <laughs> by Najee Harris. I I I, I was uh, I was doing some running back work um, the other day, and I I still have Travis Etienne ahead of him just by the slightest hair. But uh, I was thinking that too. Yeah, uh, some lower key guys, maybe day three guys, um, or even lower. Uh, I thought uh, uh Amen Obangamiga for Oklahoma State, the linebacker, had a really really rough game. Uh, like, I don't know, three, four missed tackles and, like, big tackles on third down and uh, getting getting missing touchdown tackles. I thought that was really poor. Um, Zamir White against, you know, that good Cincy defense. He just showed nothing. And, like, I, I kind of only put him here because he got hot down the stretch and kind of reignited his, his stock. But I don't think he's going to come out and just wasn't impressive. Uh, I don't know. My, my other ones are really small. Do you have any what else of relevance? <laughs> Uh, not for this, no. Okay, I'll hit a couple quick, low, low, low ones. Jerick Daggy sucked. Letty Brown didn't impress me at all, both at West Virginia. Austin Candle looked better than Jared Daggy. Um, and, see, you know. You're just putting people. See, like, I had these names written down on my list, but these are not people worth mentioning. Like, that <laughs> I, sounded so mean. It, <laughs> they aren't. No, you're right. You're right. That's what I mean. I just put a couple lower key ones. I don't even know why. Let's move on. I got more, but I'll stop. <laughs> Austin Kendall should go back as a super senior and tear it up. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did. Uh, okay, out of nowhere prospect. And it, it fits well because you're not even sure who's who. I put Jeremy Rucker because <laughs> this was like the first time Ohio State really used their tight ends. That's a good pick, yeah. And there was a bunch of, uh, there was a bunch of articles before the season about how they're going to use them more in the passing game this year. and yep. They didn't, but it's because they're saving it. And <laughs> Rucker looked great. He did, um, and and he's he's kind of of their tight ends because they used three of them. He's the one who has definitely the most pass catching upside. Yeah, and, and Farrell's like a good run blocker. He's like the the Nick Vanette type. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll stick at Ohio State. I know he's popped already, but I put Justin Hilliard because he had another monster game against Clemson. Uh, eight tackles, a TFL recovered a fumble. The the one huge tackle on Travis Etienne on third and one. Uh, He's he's another guy who's just kind of popped the last couple of games, and he's he's helped himself so 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 much. Um, I also put Jakari Roberson, the Wake Forest yeah. receiver, at 131 yards and three touchdowns, and it looked like Wake was going to kill Wisconsin until Sam Hartman had a <laughs> meltdown. <laughs> sticking sticking around there. I, I, how about Nkosi Perry coming out and actually looking good for Miami? <laughs> yeah, he did. Eh? Yeah, I just put him here for for the fun of it. Yeah, he looked pretty like I don't know. I didn't expect him to ever. Uh, I, I just I thought it was all kind of over for Perry, and he, he he looked good. And he's you know he's six four, like two hundred pounds. Uh, in a couple years, maybe we're talking about him. Uh, okay, prospecting made me look stupid. I put Ronnie Perkins down because I was <laughs> me low too. On him. Me too. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I I was pretty low on him entering the year, and obviously he was suspended. And since he's been unsuspended, that Oklahoma defense has been legit with Alex Grinch at at the helm, and he him and you talked about Nick Benito. Mm-hmm. Those two have been one of the best edge rushing duos in college football. 
Florida could not block him. They couldn't block Nick Benito. And I mean, I'm wondering if Ronnie Perkins can declare now because I think he should. Yeah. He looks like a potential top 100 guy. Totally agree. And yeah, I, when I, I, you know, there's hype. And then when I threw him on in the summer, I'm like, this guy's like a late day three guy to me. And then he's, like you said, came back from suspension and has only been amazing. Uh, two TFLs, two QB hurries. He had that one play where he split a double team, then worked off uh, the pulling guard, I believe, and, and got a big TFL on Emory Jones in the red zone. And that play was like, holy shit, what a play. And yeah, him and Benito were just kind of unblockable. Even though they didn't have monster statistical games, they were just they were they're both beasts. Um, what sorry? Uh, what's next here, AJ? Prospect AJ. versus prospect matchup. Who you got, Rob? I I, I put Desmond Ritter just against the Georgia defense because I thought oh, that's it was a, a really good one, fun game. And I thought, I mean, early on Ritter had them, but late Georgia's D really stepped up. Um. George's corners played really well. I thought Tyson Campbell had a really nice game. I didn't mention him anywhere. Yep. But I thought he played really well. Uh, Ritter had some splashy plays. There was the, the crazy out-of-structure touchdown to their tight end, Josh Wiley. That was amazing. Um, I'm wondering if Ritter's returning or going to declare because he's certainly in that kind of QB6 spot right now. Yeah, like I think if he comes out, he's worth a shot at the end of the third round. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to. Um, I, I uh, let me get the easy ones out of the way. We talked a Ol- versus Kendrick was fun. Powell versus Wade was was <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and just for my actual answer, I put the Bama D line versus the Notre Dame offensive line. Um, like the, the Notre Dame offensive line only gave up two sacks, but I felt like Bama handled them. And we already talked about Christian Barmore, who was uh, who was an absolute stud. And like uh, what Notre Dame only averaged three point seven yards per carry, but. To be honest, I thought Lee Meikenberg more than held his own. It was kind of just the rest of the group yeah, that... Yeah, he, he did not play a bad game. No, not at all. So, like, that's why I kind of wanted to point it out, because I thought he was pretty good, and the rest of the group was kind of struggling. But, uh, yeah. Prospect who played the box score. I put Cincinnati safety Brian Cook, who was in the game for James Wiggins, who had opted out. Mm-hmm. And and he was everywhere against Georgia. And that Cincinnati defense just keeps on churning guys out. He had seven tackles, but he felt so much more impactful than that. Uh, and, and just to kind of step in on, on this top-ranked defense and immediately be an impactful guy like that, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I put your guys, uh, the, the duo of Jonathan Cooper and Tyreek Smith, who who when I when I looked at the box score, I thought had much bigger games because Cooper only had two tackles and a sack, and he turned it on in the second half. And, like, mm-hmm. he was just, like, he looked twitchy and quick too, which wasn't really his bag. And, like, he was just kicking the right tackle's ass all second half. Tyreek Smith, they kind of moved him around a little more. He had a tackle and only a pass deflection, uh, and de- definitely got in and hit Lawrence a couple times. I swear, and uh, they were they were both awesome in this game. Uh, and then for overhyped, I put JT Daniels because I didn't think he looked very good against Cincinnati, but he ended up throwing for three ninety two, and they obviously win the Peach Bowl. And I, I I don't think anyone thinks he's going to declare, but I think there's going to be so much hype over the summer about JT yeah. Daniels because of how Georgia looked down the stretch once he took over. Todd Munkin as OC, George Pickens, Kyrus Jackson. Yeah. Like, they have so many weapons around him. Um, I just I, – I thought, like, a handful of times he's just under-throwing balls. I, I don't know. His arm is a question to me after seeing that. No, that's fair. I uh, – <laughs> I didn't have a clear guy this week, to be honest. I thought like a, a lot of the guys that were getting hype were, were more than deserving of it. So, so I went back to the well here in Mustafa Johnson. And I know his hype's died, but it was still there. And like there was some on the broadcast. This uh, is a this is a reach, AJ. Nah, I know. I had nothing no one to talk about. I still don't like him. But there was some hype on the broadcast they were talking about a bit because they had nothing else to talk about. But. Didn't he have a sack? He, he had a sack. Yeah, he did. But he still does nothing for me. Uh, small school guy who caught my eyes, Ball State corner Antonio Phillips. He had pick too. six against, yeah, 53 or pick six rate, really, that took the, the air out of San Jose State pretty immediately. And he's one of the best G5 corners in the country. And he, uh, he, he, uh, he, he definitely got to watch the draft process. Yeah, no, I, he's, uh, I think he, he declared, I mean, yeah, he was yeah. already senior, but yeah. Uh, I put Johans too, the receiver, Johans Tyler. Got he's a, fun, eh? Yeah, he's a big guy. Had another hundred yard game. I thought they were clearly the two best small school guys. And you know what else is the best in small? <laughs> I have no idea, Rob. To be honest, the tools Manscaped <laughs> gives you. Okay. 
And support for Seven Rounds in Heaven comes from Manscaped. Manscaped's the best in men's below waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with a perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year with the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already have put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And head on down to bet online where you can bet online using the promo code armchair, which will allow you to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And guess what? It's NFL playoff time, the national championships in a week. Uh, college basketball and the NBA are underway. If if you bet hockey, I don't really know how that works, but if you bet <laughs> hockey, you can go do that too. And maybe the F one races and the ponies and all that jazz. So head to bet online. Hockey online sports book experts. Hockey totals are fun because they're only five. They're, there's only three options. It's either five and a half or six or six and a half. I'm pretty sure. Like there's you never see any other totals. So like when when a goalie's playing poor, uh, bet the over. That's AJ's hockey betting tip of the day. There you go. Hey, you said I couldn't pull another one out from last week, I but I didn't. Um, okay, we bet sixteen bowl games last week. I went eight, seven, and one. How'd you do? Eight, seven. I I went eight, six, and one. One of us missing one. I guess me. I guess I'm missing one. <laughs> Which one am I missing? I'll count. You talk. Or I added one. I don't know. I thought there was sixteen, and one got canceled oh did i just count one as a win for myself maybe <laughs> no you I, I don't i don't know let's just say we both went eight six and one good good job us what you how'd you do over the course of bowl season do, do you have it on you well do i have to minus a loss now <laughs> sure yeah oh over the course of bowl season in total yeah i don't I, know i went 13 eight and one and that's a big turnaround because my season was shit i almost finished like like 10 games under 500 let me check. I went so I went eight six and one this week. And I went four and four last week. So I went twelve ten and one. I won the bowl season. Yes. How'd you do on the total season? Uh, pff, terrible. Like Thirty nine and fifty and two. <laughs> I ate shit. You beat me in the season. Forty six forty one and one, baby. Nice. Good like, for you. Getting over five hundred. Yeah, I, my units are in millions too. So I, this felt like it was so good work. This felt like so much. Felt so much easier when we weren't guessing the lines. I felt like I got beat so many times when my line was just better than Vegas's. Not to pat myself in the back. Excuse. Why do you think I I did this so we can blame that? <laughs> I swear to God, so many times like I would have won if if I was closer, uh, or if yeah, if I if I had the Vegas line. Anyways, I, no one cares about me bitching about this. Monday, January eleventh, eight p.m. ESPN. Number three, Ohio State versus number one Alabama. At Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Crimson Tide are seven and a half point favorites with a total of 75 and a half. What are you thinking, AJ? Well, okay. I hate Ohio State. I'm always going to pick Bama. Uh, the line is tricky. I, I, I really, I'm really interested to know what you're thinking without your, uh, your heart in it. Oh, well, that's impossible. That's fair. That's for me too, though, because I hate Ohio State. Uh, okay, let, let's, let's. I, okay, I'll say I do like the over. I think this is gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of points in this game. You have to take the over. Yeah, you hate you hate football if you take the under. 
And like like seventy five and a half is a lot of points, but no, I think think both of these teams are Plus, just ready to fucking roll. Plus, there's zero chance Ohio State secondary is stopping Devonta Smith. Yeah, exactly. We 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 alluded to the Wade Devonta Smith matchup earlier. Got no chance. I wonder though. The big one I think is going to be if that Ohio State pass rush can uh can show up again. And and Bama's got a really good offensive line, but they just the their offensive line just won the uh, the yep. whatever award the. Uh, the Morris. No, what <laughs> we should Moore. know with this. Yeah, the more. There you go. Um <laughs> we, we hey, we figured it out. Good for us. Yeah, exactly. And uh that but that that Ohio State pass rush, I mean I knew it was a good group, but I didn't think they're gonna wreck Clemson like they did. And I'm gonna take Bama. I'm gonna take Bama and I, I think this is gonna be a good game though. I don't see Bama like like I don't I don't see Bama blowing them out. I think they win like close. Maybe there's a late score or something. I would be a lot more comfortable if this was six and a half, though, to be honest. I kind of don't like giving up the touchdown and the half. I can see Bama winning by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm taking Ohio State. They're winning the national championship. It feels like 2014 all over again. Justin Fields, huge game, kind of like Cardale Jones. Uh, and Trey Sermon's turned into Zeke Elliott. Um, Chris Olave's Devin Smith. Like, it's all happening. Uh, yeah, uh, Olave... And and Wilson against uh, Patrick Sertan. And Spe- Josh Job. And Josh Job. But especially Sertan. Sertan we didn't mention, but he, he was pretty terrific again. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I had him written down for best prospect, but we just had so many. Yeah. No, I, I, de- I was going to put them there, and then I figured I had too many guys already. Uh, yeah, so that that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm 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 really excited. I'm. I was looking forward to Clemson and Bama, but no, this is this, this might is be more, more interesting. Yeah, exactly. I think it is. I think it is. Um, so good luck to Rob and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Good luck, I guess, Rob. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 